Alright. Episode 184 is about to start with Megan Calloway. And this episode's a little bit different because I wanted to send out a bunch of questions to Megan to catch up and see what's going on. But you know, I said, fuck it, let's go off script. I'm just going to call her on Skype and hit record and see what we get. And as I thought, the interview went really well. It honestly just sounds like two friends chatting back and forth about fitness and health and random stuff too. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about her pull-up program that she re-released, how it went, how the experience was. We talk about uh, shoulder injuries um, and anything related to the pulling motion and you know how to fix it. We also get into deadlifting. We also get into exercises that we don't like. And we talk about vacation, we talk about what's going on with the Canadian uh, legalization of marijuana with the U.S. border. We, we get into a lot of great stuff in this episode, and even talking about music playlists on Spotify. So this episode is filled with a lot of great information. Hopefully you enjoy it. Here's Megan. Go on. <laughs> good, how about you? <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm tired, but good. Do you want to do a video or do you want to stay on audio? No. Oh, my God. Audio. <laughs> oh, my God. Awesome. Definitely audio. <laughs> I hate video podcasts. It, it's kind of awkward, isn't it, right? Oh, it's horrible. But then, <laughs> honestly, like the other thing, nobody watches them. I mean, you can't watch them and do anything. So you yeah. can't walk. You can't do anything. Yeah. So a, a couple of times I've actually pretended that my video would not work when people <laughs> wanted to do video. I have done that before. Yeah. It's That's so great. weird. Yeah, so no. Amazing, amazing. Um, yeah, I've had a couple people where they only want to do video, and I was like, okay, hang on, let me, like, put on some pants or something. <laughs> no, like, I'm lying on the couch under a blanket in my pajamas, That's so great. I'm like, definitely no video podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, I was thinking for this one, like, I'm not going to have a lot of structure to it. Like, I'm already recording, and I think it would be just great to, like, just chat and, like... Yeah, do you listen to like Gary Vader's uh, Gay, Gary Vaynerchuk's podcast? I don't. So he has like, um, say he does like a random business meeting. They'll just record it and then upload it to his podcast. And there's like oh, no structure, and they're they'll just write in the show notes that hey, we talked to this person about this marketing strategy. It's 21 minutes. Here you go. And I'm Sweet. like, I'm like, that's kind of cool. Like so informal and yeah. I prefer unstructured. And I mean, back in the day when I first started doing podcasts, I would get the questions and I would write down my answers. Nice. And I totally sounded like a robot. It was horrible. Yeah. So I now prefer when I don't know what we're going to be talking about, then I can kind (laughs) of just go with it. Yeah. Like, cause I kind of look at it as like, you know, if you're training a client in person and they ask you random questions all the time and then somehow you're able to like create this like beautiful symphony of an answer about fitness and health and then you like go on a podcast and they're like what's your opinion about this and you're like oh shit (laughs) it's so awkward i know yeah Yeah. um so yeah like what's new and exciting in your life i haven't chatted with you apparently to skype it was like five months ago with uh was it sarah yeah sarah i think her name was oh that's true yeah sarah for glutes core pelvic floor yeah 
So, well, what's new? I just relaunched the Ultimate Pull-Up program. It just ended five days ago. So I'm still kind of tired trying to get back to normal. I'm finally starting to feel a little more normal today and not so (laughs) out of it. Just because I joke it was controlled chaos. Nice. Because everything went according to plan. No glitches. It was fantastic. But it's a lot of work and then very unpredictable. Okay. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, how how did it compare relaunching it the second time compared to the first? Well, I funny enough, I just put put out a launch recap post oh, about sweet. an hour ago. Okay. But um, so going in, I didn't really know what to expect. I had some pretty high expectations for the launch, mm-hmm. and I didn't know this, but my assistant ended up telling me we ended up tying in terms of number of sales. Yeah. We ended up tying it to the number with the sorry this relaunch and the first launch so i can't even believe that just because i mean yes i updated everything everybody gets the new 40 page bonus section Mm -hmm. but i mean it's still the same product my audience hasn't grown that much in a year and then a lot of the affiliates their audience audiences haven't grown that much so Mm -hmm. to do as well as it did and actually maybe even better just because this time i mean the first launch the refunds were pretty much non-existent this time they were even lower wow so my numbers are technically higher Sweet. so it was just insane i can't even believe it (laughs) Jeez. so how how many affiliates did you have this time compared to the last or was it exactly the same no it was um it was interesting i had um i mean prior to the launch i had a huge number I mean, as you know, if people ask you to affiliate, sometimes the timing isn't good. Sometimes you might be busy or something. Mm -hmm. So some of the people who said they would didn't end up following through, which was fine because that's, I mean, that's totally normal. So I want to say I had at least 25 just because I know that 25 people made at least one sale. Yeah. I might have had a few who didn't sell any. I don't know. And I mean, like I told all of them, whether or not somebody sold one, zero, or the top affiliate so far, I believe has sold 97, wow. which is 97 copies. Wow. I value all of them. They were all so amazing. And then I did, funny enough, I did just pop on ClickBank today just because I am still tracking everything because yeah. it's still selling at a really high rate at the regular price. And then some of the affiliates are still making sales. Hmm. So I was just curious, and I'm still learning a lot about ClickBank. I mean, I'm still... I guess I'm becoming more of a veteran, but I still feel like I'm quite new to the game, so to speak. So there's now over, I want to say it's like 111 different affiliates or people who have added themselves as an affiliate to my program. Yeah, I mean, most of them haven't sold anything, but I'm just like, who are all these people? (laughs) So I saw that today because I hadn't looked in a little while. Wow. So it's interesting. That's amazing! Holy shit! Because um, yeah, you, you, I know. You, you also posted like that a lot of different like people around the world are getting your program. What were kind of like sixty some... countries? Sixty countries. Jeez. I know. What were kind of like the ones that really shocked you? Uh, well, I was joking. I'm like, I need more countries from Africa and Central America and South America, just because those are the continents where I have the fewest number of people. Mm-hmm. But so this launch, some of the countries that stood out, I had one from Vietnam. Um, I'm trying to think of the different countries. I, oh, Paraguay and Uruguay. So that really wow. made me happy. I had, um, oh my gosh, I had some from the Middle East. I had um, Finland, which I already thought I had, but Finland, um, 
Venezuela, which was after the launch, um, Bulgaria. I can't remember, but there were a lot of wow. really, really cool countries. Would you and I already do have four from Africa. I'm hoping for more. Yeah. But I mean, I was kind of checking out. I have this app where it's places where you've been to. Mm-hmm. And I just add the countries and it's places where I've sold the program. Awesome. Um, would you still say like, I don't know, I'm assuming America's still number one for buying it the most? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And funny, I mean, yes, I live in Canada, but because the majority of the people who bought the program or buying it are not from Canada, of course, I'm going to charge in U.S. because that's yeah. where mo- kind of the standard currency. Yeah, yeah. So I joked. I mean, everything this launch was basically perfect. Nothing went wrong at all, just like the first launch. I did get one really, really kind of nasty email from somebody who was really mad that it was, she's from Canada, I guess, and was furious that it was not in Canadian dollars. Uh, and so I kind of just explained, yes, I live in Canada, but most of my work is kind of done abroad. Most of the customers are not from here. Yeah. And then she wrote back and she's like, well, make sure you don't forget about the people from your country. And she, then she unsubscribed from my newsletter. <laughs> honestly, and then yeah. I was like, okay, that's fine. I mean, I was really polite back, but then two seconds later, I had somebody ask me the identical question, yeah. and I gave her the identical answer, and she was so nice and polite, and then ended up buying it. Yeah. Uh, so, you, can't I mean, you can't please, please everyone. Everybody. Yeah. No. I do my best. I try, but Sweet. yeah, she was not happy with me. There you go. So, are you taking, like, time off now and going to go, like, on a little trip or something? I plan on going on a trip. I'm hoping to go back east kind of over New Year's. Nice. Or like back, sorry, like Eastern U.S. New Year's-ish time. Um, I might go somewhere sooner, kind of like a shorter trip. I don't know. It just depends whether or not my friends are available. And then eventually, I would absolutely love to go to Australia. Nice. That's kind of on my to-do list. Yeah. And then, I mean, I have work to do. I mean, the launch ended. My work did not end. And, I mean, I'm still answering questions whether or not it's people who want to buy the program or people who bought the program and then might have questions. Um, I have my online clients, but I mean, I am kind of really, really trying to give myself a break. Mm -hmm. So I'm not doing as much work as I normally would be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually speaking of your pull-up program, um, I'm kind of curious, like when you revamped it, did you kind of reflect back on the first one and kind of looked at like, yeah, what's some of the questions that people brought up and kind of addressed it into this new one? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. So, I mean, even in the first program, the only exercise that seemed to give people trouble in phase one is just the concentric hang. Some people weren't quite ready to do it from the free hang position. So I ended up after the fact making a post on social media, gave an alternative option until they're ready. So I ended up writing that into the program. I ended up kind of tweaking a few of my coaching cues just because I do say several things just slightly differently. I mean, because, of course, we're always learning and evolving. So I did that. I added in a few kind of exercise modifications. For example, push-ups. I added in hands up elevated push-ups. I added in McGill pull-ups into phase four. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a great way. If people aren't familiar with McGill pull-ups, rather than trying to do as many reps as you can in a row... You do your set consists of one or two reps as explosively as you can, of course, with your best form, and then you rest between ten, or sorry, ten to twenty seconds between sets. Mm-hmm. So that's a great way to work on the power, kind of work on building up your numbers while keeping your body feeling fresh. Yeah, 
So, so, I mean, the main program is very, very similar where the, like the huge difference was the 40 page or sorry, the 40 page bonus section. That was kind of the main addition. Okay. Yeah. So in that, I mean, the main components, I added a huge section on shoulder health. So nice. eight different exercises that address shoulder health, both controlled mobility and then some that address stability. I have a section on elbow health because I mean, me even, I was totally overtraining pull-ups when I was preparing for the first launch because I was shooting all the different videos, but yeah. then I was also doing my own training. So my one elbow was bothering me a little bit. I totally ignored it until it started to interfere kind of with my daily living. So I added in some exercises. My friend Lee, she gave me a couple really good ones. I have some of my own. And honestly, within a week, my elbows felt better than ever. So those are in the program. I have a section on grip strength because, I mean, it's obviously super, super important to pull-ups and so many other exercises. Then I just have two, like a very, very basic, like a beginner section on breathing and bracing. And, I mean, they're just a tiny component of the bonus section. Yeah, like uh, I was, I was going to kind of go into my next question because, like, I, the clients that I see every day, like everybody has some jacked up shoulders and I was like, it's awesome to see like a section kind of dedicated to it. And maybe what you can kind of like get into is kind of the most common, like, I want to say like shoulder injuries, but like shoulder issues that people jump into when they're trying to do pull-ups and they, you know, get the sharp twinge here and there. Well, a key mistake, and it's not even just for pull-ups, but it's so many different exercises, is people, a great example would be a bent over row. A lot of people do not allow their shoulder blade to move. Mm -hmm. So when you're rowing, when you're performing the row, the shoulder blade should move in towards the spine. But what a lot of people do when they go to lower the weight back down, rather than allowing the shoulder blade to perform the reverse movement where it moves away from the spine, they keep it pinned. So they do not allow it to move that can actually, it can really irritate the elbows, people they often, because I mean, they have to lower the weight some way. So rather than controlling the movement of the shoulder blades and of course, extending the arm, they just kind of jam their elbow. Yeah. So that's one example. I mean, and I kind of have been trying to film some good form, bad form videos and filming the bad form videos are so hard to do, yeah. but they also hurt. Yeah. So I was attempting to do bad form video on pull-ups or a, sorry, a bad form video on pull-ups where I was keeping the shoulder blades pinned. It was so hard to do just because I'm used to doing them properly. Yeah. But what you'll find again, if you keep the shoulder blades pinned, it feels terrible. You feel the tension kind of around your neck, upper trap area, neck, your elbows feel terrible. But also if you don't allow the shoulder blades to move, your range of motion will be absolutely terrible. So sometimes people that you might think they're cheating, it could just be that they're not allowing the shoulder blades to move. So that's a huge issue. Other people, they lack, I guess, perhaps the strength around the shoulder blade area, so they can't control the movement. Yeah. So, so they might get, do the pull-up where they perform the concentric component and they get up to, like, their chin or chest to the bar, but they can't lower with control, so they kind of just free fall. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that obviously doesn't feel good for, on the shoulders or elbows. That's another issue. I mean, there's so many other issues people might have. They might not be able to stabilize their shoulders. So something where they're just in a bit, like, for example, a basic hang where they're just hanging. They can't keep their shoulder blades in a stable position. I mean, there's so many different examples I could give. But keeping the shoulder blades pinned, that's a huge one. 
like lacking the ability to control the movement of the shoulder blades, for example, from the top component of the pull-up down. Um, I I mean, there's no right or wrong top reasons, I guess, Mm -hmm. but those are two very common ones. What's your kind of like go-to for like shoulder stability exercises? Uh, I mean, I really like loaded carries. Yeah. I find, I mean, they're so great for grip strength as well. They're great for lumbopelvic stability. And I mean, if you're doing them properly, you can either, obviously the arms can be down by the sides, shoulders are in a stable position. You can go overhead with a barbell, dumbbells, kettlebells in a bottoms up position. I've included some very basic variations and then I've included some very advanced variations. And this is in the bonus section. Sweet. Yeah. yeah so there's that, um, other ones, I mean, one of the exercises I have in the bonus section, all people are doing, and it's very advanced, they could be in a standing position, they could be in a tall kneeling, half kneeling position. What I do is I have the barbell and I have a kettlebell hanging from either side by a band. And then they literally, all they do, they can either set the bar up so it's already kind of in an overhead position so they don't have to press the weight up, mm-hmm. or they can perform an overhead press lock out in the top position and then just hold. I mean, that's just one extremely advanced example. I have so many other different examples in the program, though, that cater to people of different fitness levels, abilities, I mean, equipment. I kind of tried to consider all the different factors. Yeah, that that's a tough part. It's like when you write your program, you're like, there's going to be so many different people buying this and you're trying to like accommodate to everybody. Yes. Well, that's another thing. I have a really good FAQ section just because in my, or like on the website, just because during my first launch, I was absolutely slammed by people asking, there was basically two or three main questions that I was asked over and over and over And I ended up having to answer them over and over. It was so time-consuming. It was pretty tiring. So this time, my amazing assistant, Katie, she made a really, really awesome FAQ page. So what I would do is I could just copy and paste the answers if people had the questions, or I could just send them the FAQ page if they did not see it. Yeah. And the the reason I bring that up, because a lot of people were asking what equipment they need to do the program. Oh, yeah. And so I have some pretty good, or I have a really good answer for that. Yeah, that's something you don't think about. Cause like that was another question I had in mind to ask you is like, you know, you, you launched your program, you're super excited. And then, you know, some people start asking you questions. You're like, oh shit, why didn't I write that down? You know what I mean? Like totally. I, I think honestly, we covered most of them. There was maybe one or two, but I mean, even the questions, they were something that was so unique to that individual. Mm-hmm. So it kind of would have been silly to include it into the program yeah. or into the FAQ page, I should say. Sure. Did you yeah. get anybody like complaining that, you know, cause like being able to do pull-ups, like you need some good range of motion in your shoulders. Like, did you get anyone who couldn't even lift their heads or like arms over their head to actually get into the position? I haven't had anybody bring that up yet. Okay. Fair enough. And I mean, I've had certain people, I mean, because my whole thing, I'm not just about the money. So I did have certain people during the launch send me really, really long emails where they kind of gave me a full history about their injuries. They said they really wanted to buy the program. Mm -hmm. Did I think it was a good idea? And for two different people, I said no. I mean, first of all, I'm not there with them. I don't know what's going on. I'm not just going to blindly prescribe something when I don't know 
if it's right for them right now or what they should be working on. Yeah. I, so nobody ever brought that part up, though. No, I think that's like speaks volume of your character, though, because like a lot of people in our industry will just be like, oh, yeah, you'll be fine. Just go do it. Right. Like it, it takes a, a big person to be like, you know what? This is probably not for you. You should probably seek out a medical professional and yes. get that well, shit Well, that's what out. I say. Because yeah. like I do, this is another thing, and I made a post about this just so hopefully it would kind of calm things down. I, not so much now after that post, but I would get so many messages from people who would tell me about some sort of ailment and what do I think, what should they be doing? And I'm just like, well, first of all, I'm not a doctor. It's yeah. not within my scope of practice to diagnose and I'm not gonna diagnose. And unless I'm with you anyway, I can't do that. But again, it's outside of my scope of practice, so I'm not going to diagnose some sort of injury, even if I totally think I know what it is. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a fun thing for me to do with physios. Like, for example, say I'm going to refer somebody to a physio. In my head, I will kind of figure out what I think it is, send them to the physio, and then if I'm right, I'll feel so proud of myself. Yeah. Internally, I won't tell them, but I'll feel good about that. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting, like, how open clients are to trainers about, like, medical conditions, like, and then yeah. they'll, and they'll ask you your opinion, like, you should know, and you'll be able to give them a really good answer, and you're like, I'm a glorified PE teacher, let's get that straight, you know what I mean, like, and, like, they'll be like, yeah, I'm getting this weird radiating pain for my neck, what do you think it is, and I'm like, you should go get that shit checked out. That was one of my messages for somebody who wanted to buy the program. Oh, God. And I was like, no. I'm like, uh-uh. I'm like, no, okay, that's definitely not a good idea. But then I had another person who was telling me about a shoulder issue, and then he sent me videos of exercises he was doing, and they're totally, I mean, my shoulders are amazing, but if I did these exercises, my shoulders would feel horrible. Yeah. So I just said to this guy, I'm like, okay, well, just you're in luck. You're not going to ever have to do these exercises in my program. And it <laughs> basically seemed like it, it was an example of not him being the problem. It was what he was doing. Yeah. That was the issue. It was This example was, and I think he probably has, again, I don't want to diagnose or predict or anything like that. But he was doing lateral raises and where he would bring his arms up. So they were probably about a, so par from parallel to the ground to vertical, it was about a 45 angle in mm -hmm. between that. And then he said he, once he got past parallel, he would just get this clicking. And I'm like, okay, well, that probably isn't going to feel great for a lot of people. <laughs> so. Yeah. Honestly, I think like for the more majority, like bodybuilding splits, not the greatest, like for general pop, like, I don't know for you, but, like, seeing people in the clinic and the gym, like, everybody sits at a desk. But now, like, I don't know how long the iPhone's been out. What, 10 years now or 11 I years? I don't even know. Yeah, and everyone's now looking down, texting with more shitty posture, and then you're wondering why people have neck and shoulder issues. Well, see, it's funny because, I mean, I do that sometimes, but the whole thing, there's no such thing as a bad posture. It's just staying yeah. in a certain position for too long. Yeah. And, I mean, even just that, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to say, I just nearly dropped my phone off the couch. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say, like certain posts that go around, the whole fear-mongering, it really, really ticks me off, scaring people like, oh, if you look down at your phone, you're going to totally hurt yourself. Your head will fall and then, off. <laughs> and then the one that talks about the amount of weight, I think, that is uh, being yeah. placed on that one. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, being in any position for too long is bad. Sitting for too long is bad. Standing for too long. Yeah. Doing anything for too long is bad. Kind of mix it up. 
use different postures. You will probably be fine. If you look down at your phone, it's probably not going to kill you. So that's one thing, just the fear-mongering that drives me crazy. Yeah, I, I think for the most part, it's like, you know, you get a person that you chat with and they're like, yeah, I was doing hardwood floors in my house for six hours. My whole body's destroyed. It's like, yes. yeah, well, no shit. <laughs> or gardening is another yes, one. People who God. are gardening. Moving can be hard if you're constantly bending over, especially if you are not picking up, for example, boxes with good form, which is yeah. basically like a good deadlift. Yeah, honestly. I, I think people don't even realize it because it's like I have a lot of people with low back pain and I always kind of like educate them like you need to like hinge at your hips like yes. your spine does not like forward flexion. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm trying like my best. And then in my new gym, we have like a water fountain and then that same person goes and they're like arch their whole back and grab some water. I'm like, what are you doing? We just went over this. Yeah, or even just practice use, or actually, this is a good example. I made a post today, just be, I mean, I had motivation. I saw some really, really poorly performed kettlebell swings. And I had another client of mine ask me, oh, can she, like, can she do kettlebell swings? And at this point, she is not ready to do them. But what I explained, it's an extremely, it's like, it's not a basic movement. And yes, you see people doing them in classes all the time. You see coaches doing them with their clients. If you can't perform a hip hinge, and I mean, I would say a hip hinge under load, I'm not saying a max deadlift, I'm not saying a crazy, crazy amount of weight, but if, first of all, you cannot do a proper body weight hip hinge, and then I listed kind of different options today, for example, like a band or cable pull through, Mm -hmm. kettlebell deadlifts, block pulls, landmine deadlifts, you could say deadlifts with the barbell, you probably should not be doing kettlebell swings. Yeah. So that's another good example of just kind of people jumping the gun and then maybe doing things before they're ready, but then again, not doing things properly. Yeah, one of my biggest pet peeves is like you go see people do a boot camp and they have kettlebell swings and it's like, yes, you know, seven out of the 20 people there first time ever exercising and they're like, all right, kettlebell swings, 45 seconds, here we go. And you're like, why? Why? (laughs) Ugh. Oh, or the one that also kind of kills me is because a kettlebell swing technically is a hip hinge, just not a squat. Yeah, so, I mean, that's yeah. another thing. <laughs> but the one that you see, and I don't know if you know where I'm going, is where they squat and then they come up and they perform the upright row with a kettlebell. <laughs> yeah. You know those ones? Yeah. That yeah. one kind of makes me just cringe a little. Yeah. So what's, what's your kind of like process to get a brand new person learning to deadlift because like I have kind of like a sequence I like to bring new people in but like what's your process to get someone brand new to eventually barbell deadlifting well I mean first of all I probably won't have any everybody barbell deadlift I mean there's not really for everybody there's not necessarily a reason for them to do so and in terms of teaching it I mean it does totally depend on the individual I mean, certain people get it right away. Other people, it takes a really long time. Some people, if they kind of already have the basic knowledge and kind of a little bit of a strength training background, I might get them to go right into a band or a cable pull through Mm -hmm. with a little bit of resistance. Other people, one that works really well, I find they put their hands on their glutes and then they basically do the hip hinge where they're driving their hands or throw their hips back into their hands. Yeah. And then they feel the pressure of their hips against their hands. It kind of reinforces the hip hinge. You could have people do a similar movement where they're trying to push their hips back like behind into a, like into a wall that's behind them. 
With others, I've attached a band around their waist and I will stand behind them or mm. around their hips, I should say, and I'll stand behind them. And then so I'll gently pull them back while they do the hinge. So it kind of teaches them what it should feel like for your hips to travel posteriorly. Yeah. That's another example. Other people I have, I like the one where you place the dowel down the spot, like the three points of contact. Yeah. So the head kind of like shoulder blade area and then kind of lower back sacrum. And then if they're doing it properly, it should remain on all three points of the body. If a lot of people, they might round their back, it's going to lift off the sacrum. That's one. Once they've mastered that, I might introduce the band with a cable pull through. They might do band resisted deadlifts, kettlebell deadlifts, landmine deadlifts, block pulls. I mean, there's so many different yeah. examples. So it depends. And some people, again, like they get it right away. One person, I mean, it, it was a totally inappropriate, and she actually started it, but it was a completely unprofessional and it was a friend and it was somebody who was struggling forever to master the hip hinge. So we kind of had a little visual cue that she imagined. And the second she got the visual cue, it's like this light bulb went off in her head and then we were kind of giggling away and people were in the gym and they probably wondered what the heck we were laughing at. Yeah. And so right away she got it and she had been struggling for weeks to learn how to hip hinge. Yeah, it's it sometimes like it, it, you just have to work around the client because sometimes you could have this like perfect plan set up for their program and then they show up and nothing's working and you just have to find that one thing that kind of triggers them. They're like, yes, I get it. Now I can do it. Oh, totally. And I mean, it can vary on the day. It obviously varies based on the individual. So I'm going to teach each person totally differently, even if my underlying concepts are the same. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, I used to do the three points of contact with the dowel for the deadlift, but then like with some people, like their shoulders get so jacked up. Like I, I get a lot of people with horrible shoulders. I don't know why, but I, I switched it around where I put the dowel like lengthwise, not lengthwise, like straight across their bum while they're holding it almost in like an anatomical position. And then, oh, I, okay. and then I tell them to like squeeze the crap out of the dowel and push it into their bum and now hinge. That's it, good. That's like the hands. That's kind of similar. Yeah. I actually like that idea. That's similar yeah. to the one with the hands on the hips. Yeah. I the, like that. And then they, like, it's really hard to cheat that because when you hold your grip, like, your lats are engaged. So if you had to bend at the spine, it's really difficult. It doesn't feel good if you do that. And then um, I either get them in front of a bench that's, like, maybe three inches away from their knees. And then I tell them to, like, bow forward and then let their knees touch. And then they kind of get that, like, feedback when their knees touch that they have to shift back. Yeah. I, I don't know. I find that one works really well for me. But for the most part, like, I've had clients where they just did not get that. And I just go back to that three. It's finding what works for them. Like, I always tell people, like, if an exercise does not feel right, there's definitely a way around it to make it feel right. Yeah, 100%. Or you can pick a better variation. Yeah. Or, I mean, some people, maybe the exercise is just not a great fit for them. Yeah. But yeah. I, so I guess it depends. And I always use, I keep saying it depends. Yeah. But for so many answers, it truly does depend. Yeah. Um, let's move on because I wanted to also ask you how that launch went for the, was it the glute and core one? I can't remember what the name was. Our acronym, GCPF, so Glutes, yeah. Core, Pelvic, Floor. That's it. It also went really well. And, I mean, what we're going to do, because our program, what people, I mean, sometimes people hear the two words or read or hear the words pelvic floor, 
Yeah. And they automatically think it's just for mums or it's going to be too easy and it's not relevant to them. So we've been getting some really, really good feedback from people who've been following our program. And a lot of the feedback, it has been coming from power lifters. It's been coming from people who nice. are doing CrossFit. And what they've noticed is following our program, because, I mean, it is insanely detailed. The amount of information that people are are being given. It's just insane. So I just, we had a good one. Somebody who just PR'd her deadlift with a belt. She was 275. She did her first beltless deadlift at 250 and she'd been dealing with a bunch of issues. So one thing, and I mean, I kind of thought we could have done a better job of this during the launch and we're now going to do a much better job of this after. I mean, we plan on relaunching it a bunch of times. Cool. Letting people know that it's for people like elite athletes, it's for people who want to perform at a higher level, who want to do just totally badass things. That program is also completely for them. So I think we're going to do a much better job of marketing. Yeah. It, it's funny, like in our industry, like, because we're more, I don't know, I, I, wanna, I don't want to like pigeonhole us as like functional coaches, but we understand movement and what people need. And sometimes when we have to like communicate our message it doesn't sound the right way to a general population person where they're like pelvic floor oh that's for chicks i'm not gonna buy this program and you almost totally ha- you almost have to use like stupid marketing words that you'd like cringe at like getting I toned so bad at that. i can't i yeah. know and it's so funny because for my first launch i had to write swipe files so emails that you give to affiliates so you make their lives as easy as possible yeah. they have the pre-made emails they can send to their list and so I did use certain words I will never use. You'll see, like you will never see on my in my posts. You probably won't see me use the word sculpt, even though yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I just, for me personally, I'm like, oh, like I really don't like the word sculpt tone. And again, like it's they're super legitimate words, but they're super super catchy marketing words that people use. Yeah. Because like I always like picture like a person that is ready for fitness and health, they have no idea where to start and they're in the market to buy their first program, buy whatever thing they find online and you have the influence to change that entire person's like view on fitness. Yeah. And a lot of times it's like we want to market it the way we would want to and not to that person and then they there's a reason why Gwyneth Paltrow's stuff is selling like crazy. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, Although she just got called out. I forget yeah. what happened again, but I think they questioned her. And I mean, because, of course, pretty much everything that she sells is just not <laughs> legitimate at all. Yeah. But you know what's crazy, though? Like, nothing's going to happen to her. Like, no. That, like, Dr. Oz went through what was it, the federal case court or whatever about all of his claims on his show Nothing happened. He's still on TV doing the same shit. Ugh, I have not. I mean, I don't really watch regular TV, so I haven't seen any of those shows in years, and I'm so happy about that. But, I mean, even just the pull-up program, I think why it has been, I mean, the first launch was amazing. The entire year was nuts. I mean, the momentum has not died down whatsoever, and I've written about this and talked about it a lot few days go by where I don't get at least one message or tag in a post somebody who was following the program who tried like did a different video they tried to, they got their first pull up or they were even just doing an exercise in the program and did a little did it a lot better and felt fantastic 
Or one thing that I really love, pull-ups seem to kind of bring everybody together. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw some of those crazy pull-ups, that corkscrew pull-up. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> and then the crazy one, I, I just called it the chaos pull-up, but the pull-up on the band. I don't think I've seen that one. You know the chaos push-up, the pu- like where you attach the band and the squat rack and then you do the push-up? Yeah, 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 okay. So somebody did that, a guy named Greg Vaughn. And he ended up tagging me, so he attached the band in the squat rack. He was in an L-sit position and was doing a pull-up on the really unstable, like the bouncy resistance band. Yeah. And so I ended up trying it. I posted it in my story. And for a couple of weeks, honestly, so many different people were tagging me, different fitness professionals, and it kind of, I don't think, went viral. But so many people, pull-ups just seem to make them feel really excited, really empowered. So the momentum has not died down. It carried into this launch, which is also why I think it went as well as it did, because I don't have the biggest audience. I mean, my email list isn't gigantic. My audience isn't huge. But the sales were good, and a lot of them did come from me. So that kind of goes to show that a loyal audience... I mean, it makes all the difference in the world, Yeah. but just how amazing pull-ups make people feel. So it's kind of a program that I'm really proud about because I want people to feel good. I want them to achieve their results, but I also want them to kind of be excited, inspired, want to play. And that's kind of my own philosophy. I mean, behind my own training. Yeah. Like it's pretty cool. Cause I think pull-ups is one of those exercises that everybody would be like, yeah, it'd be really cool if I could do that one day. And like, I get yeah. clients saying that all the time and I'm like, why not? You will be able to do it. You just got to do it. We'll, we'll hit that up. But it's kind of universal for both guys and females. Like they both want to be badass in the gym and pull-ups is one of those things. So many people, I yeah. mean, everybody from teenagers to people in their seventies or older. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So now that you've kind of like done this a couple times, like what's, what's the future look like for, for yourself in different products or business wise? Like what do you want to accomplish? Well, I mean, I still plan on doing a lot with this pull-up program just because I mean, honestly, the momentum has, I keep saying it, but the momentum has not died down since I released it over a year ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, the sales have still been insane between the first, like the first and this last launch it was selling at a really high volume at full price. And even after this launch has ended, it's still selling at a crazy high rate at full price. So I definitely, I mean, I have some really good ideas, things that I want to do with this pull-up program. I have another idea for a program that I'm going to write and release. I don't know when, but I mean, in the very near future, glutes, core, pelvic floor, we're going to be doing a lot more with that. I'm doing... um, a collaboration project with, I believe, eight other people wow. and a few of them. So Dean Somerset, Tony Gentlecore, Kelly Hart, Sarah Duvall. I'm trying to think of all the people, but I, th- I want to say there's eight of us. Cool. So that's coming up. That's going to be out in the new year. I'm part of a really amazing private group called Clutch Society. So I'm doing that. I have other ideas kind of for projects that I want to do with some good friends of mine in the industry. I want to do more of my own writing. I just want to keep helping people, help make people feel really excited. I want to travel a lot more for my work. And I mean, now that I do the bulk of my work online, Mm -hmm. I am really able to do so. Sweet. And I think I have kind of like a work slash life trip plan, probably late December. Awesome. Where are you going? I'm thinking North Carolina. 
Oh, okay, nice. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure that's going to happen late December or so. Did Did you hear about the uh, border law about marijuana recently? Border law or within Canada? Uh, border law, because I was no. just reading, yeah. So I was just reading this article actually yesterday that for us Canadians, if we go across the border to the U.S., they will ask you, "Have you ever possessed or used?" recreational marijuana and when did this come into play it, the article didn't say it was more of what to do in that situation oh, okay and, weird and a canadian lawyer said that if you are traveling to the states and they ask you that question you want to say why is this important for my trip yeah. and if you lie and they find out they can actually ban you from the states and that is so yeah. weird and i was because i was just in vegas and they never asked me at the border because i flew out of bellingham Okay. Well, you're one of the lucky ones because one of my uh, clients, he's within the hydrophonics business, which is like directly related to the marijuana business, but uh, they banned him for life and he owns property in Maui. And I'm like, how stupid is that? I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, especially for us where we're at, like we're going, if you're driving to like Seattle, like in the state of Washington, it's legal. Why does that even matter if you're just going across? But and it's uh, very legal in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Not like I know or anything, but yeah. it's very legal in Vegas. Yeah, it's so, it's, uh, I don't because like, there's a lot of courses that pop up in the States that I like, and I'm like, well, what happens if I spend $2,000, go over the border, and they ask me, and something goes south? Like That makes no sense, though, if it's yeah. not, I mean... Yeah, it makes... Well, now I'm all nervous. <laughs> right. But yeah, all the, the Canadian lawyer who wrote that article was like, just say it doesn't matter to why I'm going to my destination. And then after that, they can't really do anything. That is so weird. Yeah. And like some yeah. people are like, you know, like honest. They'll be like, oh yeah, back in high school when I tried it for the first time, that like right there, they're like, nope, you're not coming in. Wow. Or yeah. just say no. I mean, you. Yeah. that would probably be a safe thing. Yeah. But if they somehow find out, and I don't know how they do, but that's, I don't know, it just bugs me. I'm like, I hate stupid stuff like that. Gosh, see, for me, I mean, alcohol is so much more, or it's way more detrimental, at least in my opinion. I think so, yeah, honestly. That's, yeah, because, like, I was just thinking, like, what if you have a connecting flight, (laughs) like, at at the border where you're, you know, trying to go through customs, and you get, you know, that one guard that's having a bad day, and... Yeah, now you're now you're banned. You're like, great, I'm stranded. <laughs> that makes no sense. I mean, yeah. I haven't heard of that before, so we'll look into it. <laughs> yeah, let's go on CBC's website. It's on there somewhere. It's ridiculous. Jeez, Canada's so liberal. Yeah. Um. What else, What else is new? What's What else is going on in your life? <laughs> Gosh, I'm trying to think. Still living. I mean, in North I've been Fan? trying. Still living in North Van. Nice. I've been trying to get out walking a lot. Um prioritizing my mental health so there i mean with that i've been walking a lot i went on a really really nice walk do you ever go to the west Bend seawall i have been there yeah i've done actually oh, a I race there it. too yeah it's beautiful oh cool yeah so I, I mean i only live about 10 5 10 minutes away depending on traffic awesome. i mean if there's traffic it can take up to an hour yeah but it's really close if it's not raining and i mean it's funny when i'm playing soccer i'm totally okay with the rain any other time, I don't like it, and I don't want to walk in it. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had really awful weather lately. We had a break today, so I ended yeah. up getting up really early and going walking. Nice. So I've been doing that. I started learning the guitar 
But I got really frustrated just because I totally plateaued and it was very obvious I'm not going to improve until I get lessons. Yeah. So that's kind of on hold until I take some lessons. Um, God, I'm trying to think what's new. I've been climbing a bit. I'm going to get into climbing a lot more. Um, I'm going to start, I'm going to check out the Ninja Warrior gym. Oh, cool. There you go. Yeah, we have one. Apparently there's one in Poco and there's one in Richmond. So I'm going to go to the one in Poco, I think. Yeah. Do that. I mean, I'd, I'd love to compete on that show, but apparently you need to be a U.S. citizen. Oh, too bad, yeah. So unless I marry an American, it's a lost <laughs> cause. Yeah. Yeah, like, speaking of meditation, though, like at my new gym, we have this beautiful yoga studio, and I started taking yoga classes with my wife, and every Friday night we've been doing this unwind yoga where like 90% of the class – you're laying on your back doing a stretch. It's like the most amazing thing ever. And then by the end of it, you're so relaxed and like, you're like, holy crap, this is what I needed for the end of the week. It's like the most amazing experience ever. Is it dark yeah. in the room? Yeah. Ooh, I 100%. like that. Yeah. It's like you got the calming music and like the soft like voice from your yoga instructor. And yeah, it's like the most amazing thing. Like, the best way to unwind, honestly. We do it every Friday night. It's like our little date night, essentially. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I've been using Headspace, the meditation oh, app. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I do that daily. Funny, I sometimes when I go walking, so today I put on the heads, or I listen to three different, I call them episodes. I don't know what you, sessions, episodes, sure, whatever, yeah. of Headspace. So, I was doing that, but it, it ended up being such a beautiful day that I kept stopping to take pictures. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of kept dis- or disrupting my meditation. But, I mean, meditating has made such a difference for me. I've been doing that. I've been going to therapy. I've been doing a lot of different things, kind of cool. more for my mental health and just overall well-being. Yeah, like, I tried one of those meditation apps for, like, 30 days. I could, I don't know. I, I couldn't get into it. It didn't really do anything for me. Yeah. But this yoga thing does a lot for me. And actually, interesting enough, we brought in this woman who's, like, a hip hypnotist and yoga instructor and some other credentials and she took our entire staff through like a guided meditation to find your aura color and I was like oh great like this is gonna be whatever and by the end of it I was like holy shit this is the most amazing thing I've ever experienced and I actually got to see my color because she was saying like you might be able to see it at the end of the session or you know within 72 hours you'll notice a certain color like she said, an example that sometimes people get is like the next morning they are getting dressed for work and they're like, oh, this blue shirt looks really good on me. And you've worn that shirt a bunch of times and then that becomes your aura color. And I thought it was really interesting. It's pretty cool. That is actually one. Speaking of color yeah. uh, with the meditation that I've been doing in this particular package, he wants you to imagine that this kind of warm light is entering your body and it kind of just spreads throughout and as you do that kind of all it's hard to explain unless you're actually doing it but you just kind of feel very light like all the tension all your different thoughts they just kind of are removed and there's this free space of light so you have to kind of do it to get it I guess and it sometimes takes time to actually master this so today while I was walking I mean it was freezing at first and then it ended up being nice and warm and I kind of felt the sunlight on my body and I could really imagine what he was saying yeah so it obviously works or like it depends on the individual for me it might work great for somebody else it might not work well at all it kind of is a matter of tailor tailoring it to meet 
you and kind of works and feel or what works and feels best. Yeah, like what's interesting is I've been getting into meditation and I've been researching it and there's a lot of like different forms of meditation and the one that works for me really well, like if I am working on an article or just something on my computer, I will literally play the same song for like an hour straight and it becomes almost like your background noise. Yes. And I never knew that was a form of meditation because you're just kind of in this loop and it gets me so zoned in of what I'm doing and I'm like... All right, this works for me. This is awesome. Okay, I didn't know about that. Oh, speaking of music on repeat. (laughs) So on Halloween, it was Wednesday, right? It was on a Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Okay, so I was really tired. I was probably wanting to go to bed quite early. My neighbors, they have this really, it's an old, like this huge heritage house, and they always make like a nice haunted house. Yeah. But they have outdoor speakers. They sometimes have parties, and they usually blare their music. (laughs) And I normally, they normally play Motown, a kind of older stuff, and I love that. But on Halloween, and it just just about drove me crazy, they were blare, and it was loud because I had my TV turned up almost full volume, and it was still overpowering my TV. They were playing a Michael Jackson's Thriller. (laughs) It wasn't even the whole song. It was maybe three lines from the song over and over and over. I mean, it was on repeat for about five hours. (laughs) So that seriously just about drove me crazy. So that wasn't very therapeutic. Yeah. But I do totally know what you mean about playing the same songs kind of on repeat. Yeah, because after a while, you know, you listen to it once or twice, and that's when you pay attention to the words. And then after a while, it's just like the beat in the background. And I guess that's why a lot of people have those like playlists on Spotify where it's just like beats or like no lyrics whatsoever just to do work. And I'm like, all right, this works for me. I like it. What do you normally listen to? Um, right now that I kind of have the song on repeat is, um, the song wake up by Travis Scott and the weekends featured on it. And like, there's like a guitar melody to melody in it that kind of just repeats over and over again. I think that's why it's really working that well. Um, before that, like I had another song, it was, uh, by Drake called back to back. It's maybe like two minutes long, but it's kind of very similar, like the same beat over and over and over again. And then the lyrics kind of just drown out. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It just works for me. See, me, I kind of, when I work, I love music like different Motown songs. Right. I love, I mean, like Stevie Wonder. I love, I really have very random taste in music where one second I'll be listening to Diana Ross and the next nice. second I might listen to Eminem. <laughs> not when I'm working, not Eminem when I'm working. Yeah. But I have a very wide range of taste in music. There you go. I think that's a yeah. good thing, though. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Although the, the music, oh, my gosh, the, not to complain, the music where I work in the gym, it just about kills me. <laughs> it's for working out. People don't want slow R&B. <laughs> nice. <laughs> No, so I mean, I have this list that I found on Spotify. It's so good. It's called Gay Club Dance, or wait a second, Gay Club Dance Party or something. Nice. And it's mainly, it's like Madonna remixes. It's all, it's upbeat, amazing. And everybody at the gym, they love it. But then somebody will come in and they'll change it to the R&B. And it's just like the overall mood just drops. (laughs) So at least in the gym, what you listen to can... Oh, it has such a huge impact. Oh, big time. You know, it's inter- I mean, I like a lot of stuff, though. Yeah. What's interesting is that my gym, like, 
I would say 99% of the time, it's like loud gangster rap just blared and then remixed. It's the most amazing uh, thing ever. Oh, you like oh, it? I, I like I love, 90s. I like the 90s rap. Like, we'll get into that as well. Like, it's just yeah. rap in general from like the 90s till now. And yeah. it's and it's not like filtered or like censored at all. And then you have That's like, enough. and you have like, you know, Sally Sue, mom of three, coming in for her first session, and you just have DMX just blaring in the background, and not a single person's ever complained. I think they actually like the like vulgar like rap lyrics because it kind of pumps you up. Like when you hear the f word, you're like. Yeah, let's do this thing. You know what I mean? It's hilarious. No, I like a lot of it. I just can't do the hardcore gangster rap where there's not really much of a beat. Sure. Yeah. I know what you mean. 90s for me, the 90s were the best for music. Yeah. For so many genres, like rap, the 90s rap was amazing, 90s alternative. Oh, I love 90s music. Uh, we definitely Blair, Tupac, and Biggie for sure. Yes. <laughs> oh, and then the 90s dance, kind of the cheesier 90s dance songs. Yes, like Aqua. Love those. <laughs> yes, those are on the mix that I yeah. talked about, though, on the Spotify mix. It's kind of 80s, 90s, maybe early 2000s, and most of it is remixed. I got to look this up on Spotify. I'll, I'll text you a <laughs> sure. screenshot of the list. Every Honestly, everybody loves it, aside from the person who owns the gym. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Oh, and Dirty Dancing. We sometimes play Dirty Dancing, and everybody loves that. There you go. It's like trips to memory lane right there, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, so maybe for the very last question, because we're coming up to an hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, right? Um, tell the audience where they can find you online, where they can find your pull-up program, and anything else you want to plug on the show, you can right now. Cool. Probably the easiest place to find me is on Facebook. So Megan Calloway. Um, I have an account, and I think the picture, you don't want to go to this account, you'll see my cat. It's an old account that I used to use as a personal account. I don't even know the password to it anymore. So it's a picture of me, and I'm, I don't believe I'm doing a pull-up. Anyway, you'll know it's me, so Megan Calloway. My pull-up website is ultimatepullups.com. You can find me on Instagram. I think my content on Instagram is good, so if you want to follow me on there, you can do that. And then my main website, so my personal website, is MeganCallowayFitness.com. And I think that's probably good. Perfect. There you go. So everyone listening, you better go follow Megan and follow her shit because she's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so that's going to wrap up episode 184 with Megan Calloway. Hopefully you enjoyed it with this new style and format that just felt right to do. Uh, I'll say this at the end of every single episode. Share, share, share this podcast with your friends and family so we can grow this thing together. And make sure you hit the show notes, add me on Facebook, and then you'll have access to more awesome stuff by me through video and written format. And that is it for me. Until next week, you guys, reach out if you have questions, and I'm going to continue giving you the best fitness and health advice out there. 